beep, 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 beep. Un, dos, tres, cuatro. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. You should be like, mm, good. It's already recording. I'm drinking wine and I just blew on it before I took a sip. <laughs> Why'd you do that? My excuse is it's because it's winter time and I've been drinking a lot of hot tea. Okay. Well, I wanted to do this because it's almost 11 o'clock at night, Friday night, the day after Thanksgiving, which is really the day of, yeah, I don't know if the recorder caught that, but Helica said murder. Um, and... We watched some two two good movies on Netflix that we were just talking about. Not sponsored. <laughs> Sponsor us Netflix. <laughs> on all these unreleased episodes. <laughs> it's taking me months to edit. Well, I gotta start somewhere. Um so Believe the hype. And uh yeah, we wanna talk about them because it's totally segued into uh I mean I love anime too well, I like anime, but my sister's like really like anime so it segued into a conversation about anime and stuff anyway so we watched pachimama and the platform which one do we want to talk about first do we want to just continue on the conversation you guys are having off the phone off the off the phones the microphones uh whatever you want i don't even remember Des, you were going off so that's why i'm asking oh you were just sharing like, the parallels uh as above so below oh what does that mean um so it's like people reference it to like alchemy but also heaven and earth and i think heaven and like heaven and hell yeah we'll start with the platform so the platform spoiler we're going to be talking about everything about this movie on netflix so if you don't want to hear about that then don't be listening to this um it's on netflix and it's a really I don't know how to describe this movie. Netflix it, describes it as a psychological thriller. How would you guys describe it? The same. Uncomfortable. We're drinking some port that my tia got us. Shout out to uh, Tia Ophelia. Mm-hmm. She hooked it up. Yeah, it's from Temecula. It's so good. Tastes like candy. Melted candy, pretty much. <laughs> but how about we start with, what would you guys do? <gasps> oh, that's an interesting question. Um, are we doing cannibalism? Who is doing cannibalism? No, it's whatever you want. Oh. Maybe you want to do cannibalism. I don't know. I would. Damn, I don't even know what I would have brought with me. First of all, would you go in there voluntarily? I don't know why you would even do that. I, that's that's one of my biggest questions. Why did that his his option her? was he wanted to quit smoking and he also wanted to get an accredited degree. So, yeah, because in a sense, I kind of did do that by joining the military. Okay, and you were saying this whole movie was bringing on. Well, I don't know if the whole movie, but it was bringing you parallels. Yeah, back to, to basic training. Yeah, for me, a lot of it there was a lot of parallels. Okay, expand on that. Why? Uh, because there's a lot of people coming from different walks of life into the military 
specifically basic training because everyone's like discombobulated. Everyone's from everywhere, all across the United States, coming from completely different backgrounds. And people, some people were, uh, saw this as a great opportunity uh, for them to in, escape a financial crisis. Uh, some people saw it as an escape from maybe an emotional mental crisis but in that brings a whole nother host of challenges for various different reasons for various different people with different circumstances but here you are in this one system and you're just meant to conform to the system because the system doesn't conform to you so you just try to keep your head down and do your time and everyone does it all for different reasons. I did it because I wanted to get the benefits, which is similar to what this person did in the movie, the main character. Because he wanted, he wanted to do his time to come out with an accredited, accredited degree. And a lot of people do what I did, join the military so that way they can get the education benefits. Mm-hmm. Some people do it for health insurance. Some people do it because they want to carry on the legacy of their family being in the military. It, that that makes me think about then how, now we're going to dive deep. <laughs> that makes me think about how, like, I guess depending on the headspace and your reasons for diving into that, you can, the outcome is going to vary drastically. Oh, just yeah. like in the show or the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how I felt uh, when on the first night of basic training and I would hear people crying, uh, a lot of people expressing regret in their decision in doing doing something like this. And I remember feeling like, what? Why? But even then, that's coming from a place of privilege because I made a conscious choice. I didn't feel, I mean, yeah, there was, there was levels of pressure, you know, to get my education for sure, but it wasn't similar to maybe other people's pressures. And I was lucky enough to have what I call healthy expectations, but really it's just privilege to understand from a mental, physical, and emotional sense of what was going to take place. And some people don't go into institutions like that fully equipped Maybe, yeah, they they chose, but they're not really fully equipped. Like mentally prepared? All kinds of ways you can be prepared for something like that, mentally, emotionally, physically. All types of different challenges that people come in. People people came in there out of shape and laughing, thinking like, I should have worked out before I joined, but I thought I, I figured that it would just get me in shape once I joined and realized they made a mistake when they couldn't pass their final uh, physical training. Some people mentally, yeah, they're constantly getting in trouble because they're breaking down, like crying or having and, meltdowns. And where would they end up if it was super bad? If if it was super bad, a lot of them would get sent to med hold. Mostly, a lot of the people would get sent to med hold for physical injuries, if uh, you know they were physically injured, or some sort of health, you know, like they got sick or whatever. But for, like, the mental health stuff, they would try to say, like, oh, there's people you can see. But it was it was kind of a joke because everyone knew that would put a stall in your training 
that would delay your your progress because it was all a system. So it's like we have to be done and out of here at a certain time. They're just trying to process you like cattle. So it's like if you miss part of your training, that's you're not getting documented for that portion. So they make it seem like, oh, yeah, we're here all about offering mental health. But it's not is that it's like almost not helpful because it would just delay the whole process of them getting through basic training. Right. So the only things that they would really treat were like uh, physical ailments, things that because that would literally delay the training. Like if you can't train physically, then you're you're useless. So that's the only sort of uh, healing that they ultimately really valued. And I mean, other people like they're like uh, they were they definitely made sure to train everybody on like suicide awareness because that was the thing, too, especially like in Medhold. Because a lot of people would have like a sense of hopelessness, because at this point you've already signed your life away to the government and you're signed into Medhold and some people would be uh, stuck in this place. And uh, it's a, it's a volunteer. It's, it's a really weird place to be because you're almost there voluntarily because you signed almost. And I say almost it's, it's really complicated. I, I feel it's just, <sighs> you sign this paper to join and then, you know, sometimes unfortunately people get injured and then they're stuck in this facility where you're still treated as like a trainee. So training still continues, but you're sick or you're injured or whatever. And you're in this place with a bunch of other sick and injured people. And the your only way out is to get an approval from a, a doctor for you to resume training. So you would meet people there that were there for like, six months to a year because they're healing from like a broken bone or something shit so that was that would definitely breed a lot of um i guess like hopeless sort of i feel like it's like anxiety but then it go it could go into yeah hopelessness yeah like the depression a mm -hmm. lot of things like but you have to also understand too this place is constantly moving because people were coming in and coming out like it was like it it reminded me i mean i've never been to prison but it if it were a lot of us a lot of the girls because it would they would separate between male and female and a lot of the girls would laugh and be like this is like orange is the new black because it did feel like a prison because every day you'd have people coming in crying you know like and you know they wanted to talk they would talk like why why are you in here you know and everyone was in for different reasons all kinds of injuries or sickness or whatever and then other people sometimes somebody people didn't talk about it or whatever and then you have people that, that were there for a short time two weeks three days and there's others for like six months to a year that's rough yeah it's a pretty demoralizing place and it was interesting because some people couldn't take it no more and that some people were i guess so injured enough that they were given the option to opt out that they can go home early my question is like, can you quit basic training, or are you you're like no, you have you to stay? No, you cannot quit basic. Like once you swear in, you're sworn yeah. in. Oh. you cannot quit basic. You can't quit the military. You're if you like, 
I mean, you could try to leave, but then you're considered AWOL. You'd go to oh, a prison I that's see. under you, you, the UCMJ. Like you're breaking the mil- military law. So they only they get to decide if you can leave or not. Yeah. But the people that would get those pleas like of like, okay, you can leave and you'll, we'll give you another shot next year were the ones that were that the doctors were telling them like, okay, you're going to be in med hold for a really long time. So in the eyes of the institution, that's money. That's money to pay for them, to to feed them, to heal them, to house them, to clothe them. So they would give them this, I guess, uh, carrot, you know, like, you can, you can tap out. Mm-hmm. So what kind of parallels did you feel like you saw in the movie and other things? Uh, like the feeding what about the feet uh it was like a it was a frenzy so it was interesting because on the first day uh the first time we ate i remember like i was hungry but i wasn't like super super hungry because we didn't eat until like we ate at we ate in the morning but we had they had kept us up like a full i don't know i want to say we were up for like 20 hours and it was just traveling and also they were trying to give us like the experience of being like shocked or whatever like really trying to shock our body why and so i don't know just like it's just basic training protocol they're trying to simulate like wartime experience oh but also like use psychological tactics to get you to do whatever they want mm. so yeah, so yeah, you would you'd be sleep deprived and then your first meal they'd have you they'd have you shower. You have to hurry up and shower. And then after that, um you would get you would go go to the chow hall and they would have you eat but like nobody was really hungry. Like yeah, people were hungry. Like I was hungry. I remember feeling really hungry, but I was like almost as if I wasn't hungry because i was just so vigilant like what the hell's going on and also just taking in everything the system of everything like taking mental notes and i guess that's also probably just like survival instincts like okay like if i gotta do this or do that like picking up on everything because the moment you do something wrong you get yelled at so i'm making mental notes of everything that's going on around me like this person just got yelled at because they put their hands on the counter before in a way that they didn't like there's a certain way you have to do do everything literally everything there is a certain way you have to do it and if you don't you get yelled at so taking all those mental notes so that way i could be good at keeping my head down not sticking out but in a way it it reminded me because like after you get the by the second meal uh second meal i was more tired and like not even really hungry and the third meal i remember eating a little bit more and uh yeah i think by the third day it was like a lot more like you gotta sit up straight to eat and like you have to like you have to eat like in a certain amount of time you have to hurry up but also don't choke yourself but also like be polite and look like classy i don't know it's hard to describe so like you were there you were all starving but yet they expected you to eat a certain way yeah Mm. but like to hurry up but also take your time 
to yeah. hurry up but look like you're taking your time. I don't know. It was a lot of mixed messages mm. all the time, every time. So, yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me. Because, like, the way that they would eat, they'd have a certain amount of time to eat, and that's exactly how it was in the chow hall. Because, and that's, that would be the thing, too. Like, everybody else, think of your flight. Everybody else in your flight has to eat, too. And your flight only has so much amount of time to eat. So in order for everyone to have, and because there was only so many tables, and they would literally, it would it would be like cattle, like feeding cattle. So your whole flight would line up, and then you know, and and uh, you know, everybody would get fed three times a day, and so you're feeding all of these flights. So it's literally like feeding cattle. So everybody had time. So you'd wake up, you'd go and have a PT physical training. And then everybody would get numbers and it would get, get staggered, right? So like some people would have an earlier slot than the next slot, than the next one, than the next one. And this is all controlled by like the MTIs or whatever, military training instructors. And so uh, this is all funneled down through a system of like chain of chain of command of what times people get fed at. And everyone had their little job to get the message across. And so when it was your time to eat, you were only, I think for the whole flight, it was allotted like, I don't know, like 30 minutes, but only like, I think a certain amount of people in your flight can eat at a time because the, as the tables were being, um, released, like after they were done eating the next, the next group of people were able to sit down. But it was constantly reminded to you, like, you need to hurry up because the, the rest of your flight needs to eat mm-hmm. and they can only eat when they're sitting at a table and there's no other tables. So you have to hurry up, finish your food and go back outside. And then when you're outside, you wait for your flight, mm. the rest of your flight to finish eating. Right. That sounds stressful. Yeah. That kind of sounds like the, when the platform would go down and like they'd have to eat their food. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. And many times I did that. And people would get in trouble for stealing peanut butter because they would have the peanut butter packets and like the little circle, like like how they have in uh, the hotels or whatever. They have the continental, continental breakfast. People would steal those and get in trouble. Is it because they were afraid that they would attract like bugs or something? That's what they would say, yeah. Oh. But what do you think it really was? Uh, all kinds of things. Like just a sen- having a sense of control over them? Uh, All that, yeah. And also money. Just all kinds of things. But are you saying that now, because you've been out for some time, so you've had time to reflect? Or <sighs> I think I think I knew it then too, but I was so adamant on why I was there. Uh-huh. So it was hard to fully process everything that I saw and experienced. But yeah, I think I, I knew it while it was happening, but it's like by the time it happened, it was like, well, who am I going to tell? First of all, I get in trouble for talking to somebody else. Like, yeah, maybe I could tell them at the end of the day, but the, by the time it's the end of the day, I'm fucking tired. I don't want to talk. I'm just like, I'm going to sleep. I got EC duty in like two hours. Wait, what do you mean you you would tell somebody? Like, tell them about what? Well, uh, talk about our day. Like, damn, wasn't that crazy? Just share her thoughts. Yeah. Oh, I see the hierarchy like he said that you can't talk to the person above you because they're above you and you can't talk to the person below you because they're below you which i thought was really interesting because it's like 
the lady was talking about the lady there's a lady in there um that has a dosh hound and she was talking about how like she worked for that the people that made the whole the administration and she was talking about how like everything will break if there's solidarity amongst everybody in the floors but it never happens it's a spontaneous change and it never happens because they all believe that you can't talk to the person above you because they're above you and you can't talk to the person below you because they're below you so it never happens and then he like makes this threat of like all right guys make a portion or else i'm gonna shit on your food and yeah i don't think we ever explained what the platform the whole yeah we should probably do that the whole scheme yeah is just they're trying to control the people not control well i guess yeah i don't is it a prison system i don't know if it's a prison system um yeah i would say it's like it but there's people who go there voluntarily why would they want people to go down there voluntarily it's an institution for sure but like what kind is it a prison institution all kinds people are we're all all of us are institutions we're in some sort of institution right like right now i'm in the education system Mm -hmm. because i'm a student you kind of are too you're a student as well yeah i don't know i just i that i have so many questions like why was there an institution built like that in the first place well i mean this is a pretend world so but if you're talking about in life like why are there institutions built is that what you're asking yeah uh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean just like okay if we were gonna do that in the real world then it's like why is anything built the way it is but like in the movie i just they didn't explain why that institution was built that way like what was their end goal what's their purpose of doing that it never said it never clarified like oh they wanted to have like a sense of control over people by scaring them that if they do something wrong they'll be ended up in this hole or they make some sort of profit off of it well that's it sounds like you're making your own interpretation of what the institution's desired outcome is yeah that's what i'm wondering about and maybe that's the point of the movie oh to make you question that yeah to To question institutions oh like what what is their true intention just like religion what's their true intention sure i'm sure there's people that go in with like good intentions into this institution but the institution itself is still flawed oh that's a good point does that make sense yeah that's why at the end or not the end but that old man he said that the in the you're sending the message to the what the other guy thinks right the other guy thinks that it's to the institution like we're sending this message to the institution yeah, to the administration but yeah then but the old guy says no you're sending it to the people who are on level zero oh because those yeah. people have a conscience mm-hmm. but the administration doesn't right because the administration is an institution right oh, i think i'm getting it now <laughs> getting that part at least yeah it's just tricky because there's still levels yeah other things to think about too yeah at the end of the day there's still levels i was just gonna say the synchronicity that there was a level 30 oh 333 yeah i know i know it's the same thing wait what does that mean uh i don't know oh i think it might have to do something with the devil 333 oh because that was the last level Uh uh-huh no that's 666 no but 333 has something to do with like the occult or something 
Well, it definitely has to do something with like synchronicities. A synchronicity for sure, but I know. Oh yeah, it says here three thirty three is. That's the last level. The last level on the platform. Three thirty three is like a general wake up. A sign from your divine protectors. Oh, I guess this one's supposed to represent uh, an angel, angel number. Oh, maybe that's why they sent the little girl up there then. Oh, it's supposed to represent guardian angel. Oh, interesting. And then I wonder if um, that's how that guy knew that the message was the girl. Because he, he seemed like he was a religious person. Oh, yeah. the old man? No, the, no, no, no. The oh, guy. the main character? No, the black guy. No, the guy, yeah. Oh. Remember? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why he knew somehow that that the the girl is the message. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Which, what do you guys think was the message? It's In the movie, it doesn't really, it leaves up, it leaves it up to you to interpretation, like what you believe that message to be. And we're already kind of unpacking what we think that message is. But Des, you already said earlier. Yeah. When I we think, weren't recording. Yeah, I think the message is about the girl representing youth growing up in like fucked up environments. Yeah, and then you brought up something interesting that I didn't know, which was about you brought in Tupac. Oh, yeah, Tupac, the the acronym that he has on his chest. It says Thug Life. And a lot of people probably see that and think like oh he's just like a gangster or whatever but it really means the acronym means the hate you give little infants fucks everyone what did you think the message was Angelica? Mm, the platform would be raised up and they the level zero worker people there would see that it's a little girl on a plate full of empty like on a bunch of empty plates they would think about who they're feeding and like who's down there yeah when Hedika talked said that she thinks that it, it meant the messages the innocence that this child has which we all are born with i thought that was really interesting because mm-hmm. i feel like that's definitely a part of it yeah i feel like what we all said is definitely a part of it it's a lot what do you think it was jessica i thought it was like I totally saw a lot of parallels from this movie to just like the work that I've pursued and answering like why there's or my attempts to try to answer and understand why there's things that are unjust and why is why do why is the world the way it is and and so I saw a lot of parallels to like organizing in this movie and how to the the journey that uh, someone will take to attempt to do that type of work, you know, a person, their personal journey. And so when it came to the end, it was definitely like the guy that was with her, even though he was like barely hanging on for life, he had to realize that this is much bigger than him. And so he needed to step down uh because the real message was that we have to invest in the youth or the young people and it kind of and it kind of pulls into like what desert was saying what you were saying like like how that yeah we're all born with this innocence and like look at what this person that's innocent is growing up in you know like do we really want 
children to be growing up in that kind of environment? Because then what kind of people will that make them be once they're older? Yeah. You look at your thinking, dude. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Oh. <laughs> I just don't want to interrupt. Oh, go say. Go well, I don't know. I, I lost it now. <laughs> well, Desert was talking about anime uh, because animes, I got to say, they have some like really intricate themes and I love it. But sometimes they're really intense and I can't handle it. <laughs> same jessica uh like attack on titan if anyone's seen that oh my god like it's a really good show but it's also just like heavy on the nihilism what does that mean uh like just death and like you live and then you die like that's just how the world is yeah this sort of sense of reality of darwinism straight to your face (laughs) like only the strong survive and then there's you a taste or sorry go ahead no what I was going to say there's absurdism, which is where you're like, everything... There's no point. Yeah, there's no point, but like, at least we're going to fuck around before we die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to give you a taste of that show, if you want to check it out. I think it's on Hulu still, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't have Hulu. But, yeah, it's on Hulu. But in the first episode, uh, you see a child's bomb get eaten. By a giant monster. Giant human yeah monster. that's intense and it gets more intense so you know check it out if you want to but desert was bringing in how like it reminded her of an- other animes what mm-hmm. animes were they and why do they remind you of this sh- this movie uh it reminded me of made in the abyss because it has a similar theme of a pit and nobody knows where it goes but all they know is that it's very risky the further down you go there's this definite sense of like you don't want to go down there unless you're like really want to it's not a choice anybody makes you know but a little kid goes down there willingly oh yeah so yeah made in the abyss they're they're orphans a lot of the orphans are trained to go down into this pit and it's the same thing the they call it the abyss because it goes down into like this who knows the abyss like it's a foresty type magical forest down there that's how they make it seem but it's really fucked up because the further down you go the more fucked up things are just like the platform just like in the platform Mm-hmm. and what other show uh i forgot what you other said one? like dr or something oh yeah Dororo. it reminded me it reminded me of Dororo because I guess just this sort of journey that the main character goes on. Not similar, but the same sort of idea of like pulling a lot of like morals and ethics into the main themes of the show. And I think Dororo does that because it's set in uh, wartime Japan. So it's very realistic in that sense where the platform does that too but in a creative sociological sense all wrapped up into a thriller movie what were some parts of the movie that you were like damn like you just were surprised or couldn't believe that was happening or just like i don't know like you just really reacted strongly 
Or did you just feel like that the entire time? Oh, this is going to be really weird. Oh, well, the whole movie is weird. I was really shocked when I saw the two men naked in the kiddie pool. That really <laughs> shocked me. Why? Why? It made me think, Did somebody was somebody's item a kiddie pool? And if so, that's interesting. They decided to maybe bring a kiddie was, pool maybe it was a as their kids. item. Huh? It was like a little kid's and they took it from that little kid. I don't know, but everyone gets to go on with an item. Yeah. So was that that person's item? Because where else were they going to get a kiddie pool from? Obviously. I mean, where else? Yeah. Well, what I even find really interesting is just this. It, I found it interesting that in the movie, they brought in this concept of bringing in an item. And mm-hmm. it's like, why are we so attached to items in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Th- I thought that was another one, a really good one. When I, the old man with all his money oh yeah Yeah, this this guy he was in a really low level this is the first time you see him he's in a really low low level in the hierarchy system that they have but he's surrounded on in his sitting in his bed with a bunch of bands of money hundred dollar bills but that didn't really throw me as much as the kiddie pool one well what is it about that you just had a lot of questions yeah i was just like Whose item is that? Which one? Because it couldn't have been both of them. I mean, could it? I don't know. And interesting, they decided to bring a kiddie pool. You know, the kiddie pool didn't surprise me. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Really? Yeah. No, the kiddie pool. But really the money, the one money one surprised me. But like, why do you think money would matter down here? No, but th- the, the money no one, one knew. Remember, no one knew. No, a lot of people did, like didn't really know what. I'm sure there was conspiracies. I felt like because a lot of people were bringing weapons. Oh. Remember that lady was saying yeah but that's kind of like a lot of people have a lot of fear that guy brought a book so that tells you that he might have not really known or i don't know i don't know what do you think it meant that he brought a book well yeah what do you think him bringing a book meant that i think that's supposed to represent his day-to-day life is that maybe he's bored a lot and he not bored but maybe he like finds joy in reading so that's what brings him joy is reading so he felt maybe that that would be good for him to bring the book and i think that was just a representation of who he is as a person yeah but if if a lot of people bring weapons and he might have heard about that if he's gonna go down there he didn't think about his survival yeah that's also a representation of where he comes from Oh, like his privilege? Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, he would seem very privileged to think that he could just, to think about going down there. But also just like the level of good intent that he harbors for himself and also others. Because he seemed thoroughly shocked in the beginning. Yeah, that's Of everything going on. But the first thing he asked the guy was, what did you do to get down here? And then he offered up the information that he came down there voluntarily. Yeah. So that let him know that he was going to be surrounded by people who might have done like crime. And even still, let's say he did have that speculation. He still chose the book. Yeah. Which is also, I think, more of a representation of his... Of his character. Yeah. The girl who would go down everybody's level brought down a ukulele. Yeah, but we never see that. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, that lady could have made it up. What I thought was interesting was why he dreamt having sex with her. Or maybe that really did happen. I don't think it did. I don't think so either. She looked clean and also, like, didn't have any cuts on her. 
Yeah, I don't think that really happened. I think he was having a wet dream. Yeah, I think so too. But what purpose does that serve in the overall movie, you know? To showcase his just human desires? I think also that and also that like... Because that's not the first time sex was insin- not uh, shown, but insinuated. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you hear the noises. And I think that also insinuates like even in this place, people are still doing the business. They're Theref- still trying to find pleasure. Therefore, there's going to be opportunities for offspring to occur. Oh, I didn't even think about that part. Oh. Yeah. That's a good point. When I first saw this movie, because this is my second time watching it, I felt like my mouth could have been open the entire time to the floor of just how much... I was just so much in shock and like, oh my God. But then as the movie kept going, I guess I got less and less shocked. Yeah. Because then it started, like, I started making connections of, of this movie to, like, real life. Yeah, I, that's how I felt. I felt like I wasn't, I was more shocked that the concept being represented in this way, I thought, was genius. And that's what shocked me. Like, this is fucking dope. Like, this is a cool-ass idea. And whoever took this on and stuck with it, because I'm sure it, pro- it wasn't easy, I'm sure there's a, there was a lot of edits to this movie on what to include and what not to include and what they really were trying to get across to their audience. So like I that's what shocked me most is like that this thing exists, like this movie exists. Like that's what shocked the parallels and things like that. That didn't really shock me so much. Like that like the cannibalism in this movie didn't shock me. The the gluttony didn't shock me. The references to like the capitalistic nature that we live in didn't shock me. Like the hierarchy, the administration, like. And why did it not shock you? Just because it's like that's like already the world we live in. But I just thought what shocked me was just like how somebody took all of those elements and tied it all into a movie. And the, the creativity of that, like I thought that was really cool. I think it I think it shocked me. I think what really caught me off guard was that most of the time whenever I watch something or like I see anything in daily life, you see hierarchy and capitalism going off and gluttony and all this other stuff, but it's mainly praised and upholded like as if something that you would want to do or like partake in. But like when you see it in this movie, it's not like really something that you really want to take part of. Like it shows it as like Ooh, this is down and dirty and gross. Which I think was... I think that was what shocked me because it showed me how, like, the effects of that. How that affects people who are down and lower. Because, yeah, don't you remember he was, like, trying to talk to the people above and say, like, if we ration the food... Oh, and the part where the old man was like, what are you, a communist? (laughs) Yeah. And he was trying to tell him, like, no, if we talk to the people above us and tell them to ration the food, then everybody below us will get to eat. And then he was like, what are you, a communist? That's that's funny because it really happens. Yeah, because it's like, so just because we think about other people, that makes us a communist or, like, if that even matters in the first place. But then, you know what I also thought was even more... Well, not more interesting, but what I thought was interesting, because how so this old man said that, right? 
at, at another point, he's trying to eat the main character, right? And then he says, I don't know what they're, they were talking about, but I guess the main character said something like, you're evil or I don't know. And the old man responded with like, actually, no, I don't think I'm that. Like, I'm, I'm actually f- frightened, just yeah. like you. Mm-hmm. yeah oh that is interesting and that made me think about how like i feel like people often think that people that they're opposed they have opposing beliefs or views on with like that they think that they're evil or mm-hmm. just like downright like oh my god like how can you be on this earth but it's like but i think people fail to recognize that at least I like to think that they're not e- people aren't evil. A lot of people aren't inherently evil. Like, yeah. They're just scared, just like you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they talk about in like the study of evil. If you guys ever Google that, I suggest you don't do it at work. I may have done that and I was like, maybe this isn't a good idea here. <laughs> they're going to have questionable <laughs> ideas about me. But um, yeah, really cool stuff to like dive deep into and there's studies about uh are people inherently evil or not and there's opposing views some people do some people don't but it's interesting the level of philosophizing that takes place to get to their conclusions well why do you think it was interesting share well just because like a lot of people i just think yeah like how you said a lot of people are so quick to make their snap judgments of somebody based off of all kinds of different things and you know so ready to cast people off but nobody's really like wanting to understand the bigger picture or the deeper meaning or how things took place or how we're all connected yeah well yeah because that does take a level of like recognizing that like you also might have taken place and making this form of evil if you, you mean taking it, part yeah mm-hmm. yep it's a lot to acknowledge yeah we're all part of the system mm-hmm. which is so it's such a good point because i think right now is in the moment of where the world is at especially the united states with everything that's going on i think we're at a point where a lot of people are having are being forced well yeah kind of like it's in their face right Mm -hmm. like all the injustices and everything because a lot of people are speaking out and it's just everywhere right a lot of people are having to face that reality Mm -hmm. that maybe you also aren't free of oh of course yeah you know being bad or whatever you know which is such a bad way of thinking about this right because then it doesn't promote you wanting to actually better dive in and understand and acknowledge that stuff it's a tough line though it is man my god it's like sometimes it's just like man sometimes i'm just like can i just watch cartoons (laughs) heck yeah oh my god me and you in the same boat i watch cartoons all the time (laughs) but then you got to be careful too because you can't just be watching them it's okay to like escape from all that well i don't want to use the word escape but to bring yourself back to a state of uh like where you're okay Mm -hmm. not so heightened you know with all this energy anxious energy or anger or you know you can't live in that all the time but like 
then it becomes a question of like okay but are you just watching cartoons all the time because you're just avoiding low-key yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean but these are things i think about you know yeah like okay i've been watching this too long like why am i doing this (laughs) usually because i'm avoiding something yeah (sighs) yeah dude do you guys have anything else to say about this movie i feel like i do but i just have like i don't know how else to say it it's like so many questions what i don't get is like the people above like the people that were higher up in the the hierarchy i don't understand what their thinking was like they had such a scarcity mentality that i don't understand them walking all over the food or like spitting on it afterwards well i think you kind of just said it because they had that kind of scarcity mentality Remember, every month they can move levels. True. So it's not like they were on that level the entire time they were there. They could have been at the last level and then end up at number one. Yeah, but a month's a long time to think about something. Yeah, but if you're not really eating, like, oh my God, you can... It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard to... Well, if you're eating every day, you get to think about, like, how do we end this? But But if what you knew the previous month was just living in hunger yeah and fear why would you think about how to end this if you're just trying to survive it's like Mm -hmm. it's like your version of watching cartoons they're they're in their moment of watching cartoons not for this one month and they're gonna do whatever they want with that Mm. but But, i mean you but you also have to understand that it's like that's that's the human in us and I yeah. think that's the parallel that they're trying to make to like the religious aspects of like we're all sinners. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Christian. So, yeah, very, very, very heavy Christian yeah. aspects to this movie. Yeah, Desiree pointed out at the end that, but I was like, why is he so bloody? And this is at the end of the movie and Desiree was like, to represent Christ. Oh, yeah. But were you being serious? Yeah, I really do think that that's what they were trying to make him represent. Yeah, oh. like when he's she a said martyr. that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because like he is a... He's giving that vibe. They did call him Messiah early in the movie. They're mm-hmm. like, what are you, a Messiah? A lot of representations. Yeah. I didn't get that. I did. I was like, oh, they're trying to make him look like Jesus because he's a martyr. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Jesus was a black guy. Yeah, we didn't watch any, like, review videos, obviously, or who knows if what we're saying is supposedly what the director was trying to get across. But I like our interpretations. <laughs> yeah, I like our interpretations too. And I always I always feel, I mean, I'm sorry to any artist out there, but once you release your art to the public, it's up to interpretation. Yeah, it's fair game to interpretation. I still am I still believe in there's the artist's intent, the artist's meaning. But then there's also what the audience interprets. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what, not just a good artist. Well, I don't want to say a good artist, but like maybe a person that has like a wholesome view of the human experience Mm -hmm. understands that once you, humans have a tendency to relate whatever they see or come across somehow connected to their humanness. Mm Mm-hmm. Which then happens when you think about art. 
yeah. when artists release their art, artists might have their own original meaning and intentions behind their work. Mm-hmm. But then humans will somehow relate it to themselves or what they see around them. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, the other uh, artist could have been like, or the director, whoever, at whatever point in the making of this film, whatever their intention was for making him look like that. I really do think it was probably to represent Jesus, though. Do you have any more thoughts, Edgar? Desiree also said that, like, the there's this girl who would go up and down the levels, and, like, she had a scar on her face, and then Desiree was like, she transformed into the little girl. I thought I should just put that part in. Oh, yeah, like, that was her secret gift. Oh, yeah, because the... People, the girl has a gift. Yeah, the main characters are saying at the end of the movie when they found the girl that she has a gift, the little girl. So Desiree thinks that the the woman who was like f- going through the platforms, killing people and doing whatever, that she transformed into a little girl. That little girl, right? Yeah. And why do you think that? I don't know. Or maybe like the, yeah, like this little girl. It's okay if you don't know. I don't know. I just have that feeling. And I also have this. Well, I just feel like maybe the mom doesn't transform into the little girl, but it's like the mom is that little girl because it's literally like part of her DNA. So when they were concerned if the girl was going to make it to the top, like, yeah, she's going to make it. She's she has a gift. She's a survivor. She's her mother's daughter. Her Mm -hmm. mom was like a warrior. Yeah. Like, do I, I would bet money that that girl probably has and could and would kill somebody to protect herself and was probably taught that not only through seeing it but also uh, uh, like uh, through observing it and also living it oh you know what i just realized maybe she was protecting that little girl because at the end like she was going down in the that's because i was wondering like why is there no cellmate with that little girl in that room like there was no blood or anything like that there was another bed so there was another cellmate there but like she just wasn't there so maybe she was like protecting this little girl bringing down food whatever she could bring like scraps you mean the woman yeah because the story was that supposedly she lost her kid well no maybe it's not her kid but like just a random little girl that she found and she put her down there to protect her from like everybody else who knows well there's that movie we watched and then we watched this other movie that i'm so glad we found mm, how yeah, do you guys feel cute. about it it was good it was a really good movie it's definitely one of those movies that i wish they would have shown growing up yeah instead yeah, of the Emperor's new yeah. Groove, that they would have shown <laughs> this movie and we're talking about this movie on Netflix called pachimama yeah pachamama yeah that's true it's a movie that's talking about it's like a it's so it's a kid movie well it's marketed as like a kid movie but i mean i think anyone should watch it yeah and it's coming from like the incas meaning like this movie's taking place during that time and during yeah the incan civilization also colonization yeah, in South America and the indigenous people and when all of that happened when this I don't know if it was the Spaniards. They make it seem like the Spaniards, but Yeah. Yeah, cuz they were speaking Spanish. Yeah, but I don't know if that's really what really happened. Oh, okay. Like if that's really not Anyways, but um Yeah, so 
That movie was so good. What did you guys like about it? Um, a lot. I really liked how the birds were represented. I thought that was pretty sick. I thought it was really cool that the uh, shaman was could turn into a bird. That was pretty sick. I liked how they partied. That really just... Oh, yeah, that was cool. Because I feel like if I was a little kid in school... Because, like, okay, obviously, where we grew up, we grew up in Central Valley, California. Well, we grew up here, and, like, they don't teach us a lick of any of that. Like, you learn pilgrimage, you learn the the walk, the... What is it called? The Trail of Tears. You learn all of that, right? But you don't really learn anything past that. You don't learn like the culture or like what it was like for them prior before that and in the movie it shows them celebrating when they made their harvest which i thought was really like i thought it was really rad because if i was a little kid then i would feel like i could relate because obviously i don't relate to pilgrims because i my i'm not around people who look like pilgrims and we weren't like uptight and stiff like how they present puritans to be they were people who love to celebrate and eat food and took joy in that and i thought that was really cool so if i was a little kid to see this movie i'd be like oh snap that little old lady reminds me of my grandma you know this movie was really nice it's very wholesome but then obviously when it gets to like when colonization begins to happen that's obviously not nice that was it was necessary to be shown though because you know that is what happened to an extent uh i don't know what really happened in that portion of the americas but it was just nice to see a movie that incorporated these type of like cosmological type views which i've only only recently you know began to study um so like recognizing that mother earth which they call what do they call oh yeah pachamama yeah <laughs> the call mother called. Earth, yeah pachamama and how you've only been saying it like i know <laughs> yelling it into the mic <laughs> yeah. um yeah i just like how they represented that you know she gives them so much and they celebrate her and they give back to her and they take care of her um and then they bring in the whole like political aspect of how like you know the inca civilization or emperor is like requesting you know their cut um so there's that dynamic happening too you know but this little village is just you know they're trying their best to live their life and live in harmony with everything else around them and then the shaman yeah like i love that they incorporated a shaman and the condor because there's so much um i think reverence for the condor mm-hmm. in, in a Peru. lot of native american cultures well, yeah it's different birds right depending yeah, on the different regions. birds mm-hmm. but i know for sure yes in south america like the condor is definitely a big a sacred animal um i didn't know that that the condor was a sacred animal the way they referenced to the animals too was interesting mm-hmm. like there was this little girl that had a llama and it was named was lamita and Lamita got lost at some point and they're running away from the Spanish people. And like the little boy was like, don't worry, she'll find her way back. And it's interesting that he said she as in like she's another being. Yeah, because like I feel like if this was a different 
type of culture, they might have referenced it like, oh, the llama will find, the llama will come back or something like that. Or even deeming that it's capable to do that. Did you feel like does there was any themes coming out of that movie? Like, in oh, the platform? Yeah. Okay, oh like, my what? gosh. Yeah, like, okay, so you have the indigenous people and they're worshiping the land because they realize that this is what nourishes their body to be healthy and well. And then you have a lot of the people in the Incan Empire, especially when they're higher up, they worship gold and that's what they're after. Uh, not just gold, but also like uh, food and just uh, materialistic things in the sense of just to mindlessly consume almost. Mm. And then that's even heightened at a whole nother level with the with the Spaniards. So you have these three different tiers. And it just, I really like how they represented it through the eyes of a child in this Little movie. Little indigenous boy. Yeah. And he's straight up, he's like, I hate the Incas. I hate the the metal guys because they're in their metal suits. And I am, it's you, literally anybody watching from whatever background would almost be like, would not hate on that boy at all for say, for thinking that. First of all, he's a little kid. Mm-hmm. Secondly, like, look at what he's seeing. A lot of little kids would probably come to that conclusion or thought process. I really liked how, too, that they showed the journey, his journey. Oh, yeah. The uh, little kid's journey uh-huh. of what, like, how would you call it? Like a... Not just a physical journey, more like a spiritual, spiritual, emotional, mental journey Mm -hmm. that he embarks on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because so like he has a little friend that's a girl. Well, they're kind of not friends, right? Uh, But and uh, she seems like she's got it all together. Like she understands what the elders Mm -hmm. are trying to teach her. Um, And she's trying to put it into practice, but he doesn't. But as you know the, these conflicts rise in the village with the incas and then with the um the spanish people uh yeah he embarks on this journey and he he grows immensely from it um i thought that was really cool yeah i thought it was cool too because uh you definitely know at the end of this journey he is it's almost as if he's like actualized like he like understands what really is important. Mm, yeah. But not just because it was told to him. Like for him, he had to live it. For the little girl, she understood through through uh, auditory learning. And I think that was a really good representation of how that happens for some people. Some people get it by listening and other people get sometimes get it by going through it. And then sometimes people go through it and still don't get anything out of it or just or still don't understand the lesson in some some challenges or hardships. Yeah. What about you, Helica? Did you bring any other from Pachamama? I thought the conversation he was having with the great observer was interesting. I wonder if he's like a natural person in like um, in the Inca civilization. Cause the little boy? 
no 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 like um you remember when the little boy gets lost in the labyrinth uh-huh and then he comes across this man and he's like i'm the great observer and i was watching the scar the stars and like i noticed that like the i predicted the metal man would come but nobody believed me so i was banished down here oh and you thought that conversation was interesting yeah because i'm just wondering like oh does that mean like this so-called great observer like actually existed uh what do you think i don't know i mean that's what i was just wondering would it would it matter if they really existed or not no not necessarily what do you think does i think the great observer existed and i think he did get banished what do you think is the message behind that conversation they had though uh that he had seen the metal people and nobody believed him the the message behind that what was just the whole yeah the his, little boy the great observer story of him getting banished and this his message that he shared with the emperor and in his conversation with the little boy like what does all that mean what that, do you think that all means i think that it was a lesson for the boy in a little boy perspective i think he can almost take a solace in knowing that probably back home if if the great observer was from his little town instead of the incan the incan empire um that the great observer would be believed regarded and revered but that didn't happen where the great observer was from and why do you think that didn't happen because it was just about what the emperor wants Hmm. and this like system of hierarchy and i think it was a lesson for the boy like how people can get ostracized and exiled for speaking up on their beliefs and I think that was a lesson for him to like, yeah, just to really be humbled. Like, wow, I come from a really beautiful place where the shaman, if he were to say something like that, the people would listen and they wouldn't dismiss him or exile him at all. Yeah. Take a different approach. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like the the movie, I like to think it didn't like, maybe it did a little bit romanticize the indigenous culture i don't know what do you guys think um or maybe not i don't think so i think it tried its best not to do that what do you mean by romanticizing like like the little girl had a llama and it was like all cute and had like the oh the little tassels ornate yeah like just look like portraying this culture and all of i don't know I don't know what I mean. Something that it's Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't use that word. Like misrepresenting it? I don't th- uh, I don't know if it was misrepresented or not. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. That's, we a- don't know anything about that. Yeah. That's the hard part, right? Because it's like, man, like... I just have a gut... I do have a gut feeling that it's closer than what of a lot of the other things that I've seen yeah. in reference to up to this point. Is it 100% accurate? I don't know, but who knows how to tell that anywhere. <laughs> But I I just that's just how I make a lot of my um inferences, I guess, or judgments is just like it just feels closer 
than a lot of other things. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you're done? Okay, well, we're going to go to sleep. Buenas noches, everyone. Good night. Sweet dreams.